Well, um, good morning. Um, for those of you that don't know, I am a physician, and so it's okay that I actually established a, a wellness center with our church. But um, I want to tell you a little bit about it. Some of you might have heard about it, but I just want to introduce exactly what we really do, um, who we serve, and give you an idea of where we're going, because this really does impact everybody. I mean, you may never be a patient at the wellness center. You may never help us at the wellness center, but you are going to meet people, I guarantee you, who maybe if they come, they're going to have a life-changing experience, and you'll hear about that when I talk about what we do. But the first thing I want to do really is introduce our logo, which was designed by Perry Lavelle, who is our, <laughs> who's our church plant in Texas. Um, but she designed it after I just told her what, what had really been um, deposited into our hearts as we prayed about what the Wellness Center was going to be all about. And what that um, shows is two wings, two stylized wings, and a person who's rejoicing. And, and what that is is that when we were praying, we really felt as though divine compassion and divine wisdom were going to be the two wings that carried us through this whole endeavor. And that was, it really is the purpose of why we, we formed ourselves. And um, the person is rejoicing because of their newfound freedom in the Lord. So um, I want to tell you a little bit about what we do, if I could have the next slide. Just that really our, our goal really is to not, not necessarily to bring access to health care, even though we're a health ministry, but it really is to bring access to the Father's heart. And um, what we do that, and the way that we do that is that we provide medically supervised lifestyle management um, for those suffering with a chronic disease or a long-term painful condition in order to bring about physical well-being, emotional healing, and spiritual wholeness. And in... In regular English, what that means is that the Wellness Center is really a healthcare doorway into people's lives. You know, by offering this healthcare, we have access to people's lives that other people don't have and that we might not have otherwise had. And it's so that we can minister to people who have parts of their lives that are suffering and that have not been able to be ministered to or dealt with through traditional medical care or whatever they've been able to access on their own. And we're going to use that to bring the Lord's power and love into their lives to minister to those areas of their being that's suffering, whether it's their body physically, whether it's their heart emotionally, or whether it's their spirit. If I can have the next slide. The people that we minister to and who we serve is mainly the uninsured, low income, and um, the underinsured in our area. Uh, we, we are a free clinic because we provide free care to that target population, although we do see patients who have private insurance on a case-by-case basis. So, um, you know, obviously we have limited resources, and so we try to provide care to the people that need it the most. But some people, even through their um, health care providers, really, no matter who, how many people they've seen, they just are still not living a good life. And sometimes it's because they have issues that really just need to be dealt with holistically, meaning their heart and their spirits, and that's what we're here for. Uh, we have seen patients from Iredell and the surrounding counties. So far, we've seen patients from Iredell County, Lincoln County, Cabarrus County, as well as uh, Almance County, which is two and a half hours away. So we have a pretty good catchment area um, for a little puny clinic that we are. The, the way that we see patients is through referrals. We don't advertise. And we've really um, gone slowly with this just because 
We wanted to make sure that we were established. We knew where the Lord wanted us to move out. We knew exactly what it is that we were providing for people. And I think over this period of time, we've really developed that and started to see what our niche actually is and how we're helping people. The referrals that we mainly get are through HealthReach Community Clinic, which is a free clinic in Mooresville itself. We get a lot of our patients from there. Others are all from word of mouth. And in fact, the lady that came from Mabane, which is two and a half hours away, came because we had seen a lady who just loved the services that we provided and um, just was so blessed by what we did for her that her friend came from two and a half hours to see us. So that was just really um, humbling to us that she would drive that far to see me (laughs) and one of our nurses too. So um, anyway, the the patients that we see now are adults. They're uh, men and women, but we don't see any children. We're just not prepared for that. And we see patients who have chronic conditions that are affecting their life adversely. Some of our patients have multiple very serious medical problems. You know, one of our patients has had multiple strokes. She's had a cardiac arrest. She has stents in her brain, uh, diabetes, and is very debilitated. Uh, Other patients have maybe chronic pain from some unknown whatever reason and anxiety. So it really runs a gamut, but they all have something that they've dealt with for years, they've seen doctors for, they haven't been able to be relieved of. And those are the people that we see. If I could have the next slide. The things that we offer are a physician review of medical records, medications and supplements. We also um, spend a lot of time with each individual and then depending on what's going on, we might refer them out to another um, ministry or another facility for further care. And just to give you an example of what a particular visit's going to be is a patient's going to have an intake with us and they're going to spend that time with me and a registered nurse. So that's two licensed providers spending about two hours with that person going over their entire medical history, all their medications, all their physical issues, what's happened in the past, um, answering their questions, and um, giving them advice on what we think other options might be. Sometimes we uncover a lot of emotional and spiritual issues. That tends to be mainly the case. And then we'll refer them again for a repeat visit with us for counseling. We also refer patients to our SOZO Deliverance Ministry, um, to the YMCA for fitness. We also have a fitness instructor that will help patients on their own. Um, let's see, Leslie. I guess, let me, let's go on to the next slide. Um, anything that you do needs to have results. And, you know, to, just to give you an idea of what we've been through so far is that we started about a year ago seeing patients, and it'd be like months between, <laughs> between patients. We get one patient, and then we wait for a couple months, and maybe we get another patient. Now, our next available appointments are in June. So we really are picking up how many people we're seeing because word of mouth has gotten out that what we're doing changes lives. Um, you know, our whole ministry is about sharing the Lord's love, and so... Of the patients that we've seen so far, we've had five new salvations. And that's, that's, actually, <laughs> it is, that, that's actually 30% of our patients, you know, so that's kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. And, and these, are, these are new salvations of adults who are not in church. I mean, that, that's a big thing. It's people that, you know, that otherwise would, would not step into a church. So that's really been the Lord. Um, regarding physical healing, we do have... Um, a massage therapist who's Blaney Harkness who does this um, for patients. And there's a patient who, um, she has uh, chronic pain because of her job. So every time she does her job, she gets in so much pain because of the movements that she has to do that she really cannot move the next morning. And she'd been on medicines for it. She was referred to us because she had this pain as well as depression. 
Um, we can't cure that problem because every time she works, she gets pain. But because of the massage therapy, this woman was telling me, she said, I can still work. If it weren't for the massages that I was getting through Blaney, I would not have a job. And she supports her grandchildren, and without that, really, her life would be totally different. So um, that's just an amazing thing that we've been able to do for her. Um, we have um, another example that I'll give it to you at the end about physical healing, but with the emotional, spiritual issues, um, we have all kinds of stories, but there's just two that I want to share with you, specific testimonies of patients. And these are both from patients that were unsaved. You know, when they came to see us, they didn't know the Lord at all. Now, one of the ladies came in, and she was um, she has chronic pain, very depressed, lonely. She really didn't have a friend in the world and has significant financial difficulties. But she'd come in, and one of the things she said was, I don't remember the last time I was ever hugged. And I mean, it, was, it was really pitiful because she was so alone in the world. And, you know, we just listened to her, worked with her from a medical perspective, but also, you know, counseled her and prayed for her. And she asked the Lord into her heart. Well, yeah, and shortly after that, she came for another counseling session with us, and she told us she had had a dream. And in this dream, the Lord was hugging her. And just, yeah, it's really cool. And just hugging her, and she just felt this love and acceptance for who she was, totally. It was like, it, yeah, when she told us that, we were like, wow, that's so cool. The other one was another lady who didn't know the Lord. She's the one who has those really devastating medical problems, and she also um, has depression and loneliness. And when she had made her appointment, I did tell her, I said, now you understand that this is a, a Christian-based ministry, and we believe that Christ is a solution for a lot of the things going on. Her answer was, well, I've pretty much given up on God with everything that's happened in my life. Um, she came. She accepted the Lord. Another visit later, we were counseling with her, and she was just so depressed. It was The counseling session was really not going too far. And so I just said, I think we just need to pray for you. And we started praying for her. We finished praying for her. She looked up and she says, I feel really weird. <laughs> and I said, I said, what do you mean? She goes, I just feel really light. I feel like something really heavy has been lifted off of me. You know, and, and these are people who, yeah, these are people who don't know anything about river life, about deliverance or anything like that, but the Lord is speaking to them, and he's healing them, and he's, he's just ministering to their hearts. So, you know, we feel really excited about that. I want to tell you about one other patient. I'm sorry I'm taking a while, but this particular patient said that I could um, share about him. This man has multiple very serious, chronic, incurable medical problems. He arrived to us because he'd been under many, many doctors' cares for many years, and there really wasn't much more to do. He was at his wit's end. He had uh, at times thought about you know, ending his life, but he really couldn't because he had a family. And he was on 14 scheduled medications, two additional medications as needed, four to six supplements. He was taking about 30 pills a day. And when he came in to see us, he said, I feel these medicines are killing me from the inside out. But he had so much pain, chronic pain and these other issues of self-hatred, anxiety, depression, guilt, that really there, there was no way to get him off of those medicines without dealing with the other issues. So, you know, we ministered to him and prayed for him. We referred him to Sozo Ministry, and he's been meeting with um, Tim Ulrich, uh, Together with his physician, Tim's ministry through the Sozo ministry, and our ministry through the Wellness Center, this man just gave me his medical evaluation. He'd sent his family doctor, 
his family doctor is stopping his diabetes medicine. He's stopping his anti-depression medicine. He's decreasing a second anti-depression medicine and pain medicine. He's stopping another pain medication, and he stopped all his supplements. So, the, and the, I mean, we don't take credit for all of that, but his letter, yeah, his letter to us was, I feel so fortunate to have received so much help from the church. And he's not, he was not a member of our church. Um, he said, it's as though God opened the door to this support effort, knowing that I needed it at this time in my life as much as ever before. I feel his love and grace moving into my life more and more each day now. You know, so, so that's really what we're about, is that whole healing of the whole person, because we're just showing them the Lord's love. Yeah. So at the very bottom is just kind of a little financial thing. We've seen a total of 15 patients um, for 40 visits and a really lowball estimate of the value of our services is about $7,300. Yeah. And the next slide. Uh, this brings us to present needs. So where we're at now, I told you that we had started pretty small, but as you know that we're starting to really get a lot more referrals because I think the word is out that God's love heals, you know. And, um, and so... The limiting factor is that I need more providers. You know, we're open only on Mondays um, because that's the day that I have off and that's the day that, you know, our nurses have off. Um, but if we had more providers, we could probably see more patients and open up for more days. Those providers that I need in specific are going to be licensed and certified in something, you know, um, either other physicians or nurse practitioners, um, certified licensed counselors, life coaches, massage therapists, physical therapists, dietitian, nutrition counselors, wellness you know, counter, uh, counselors or fitness instructors, all those types of things that, are, that you've had some training and are certified in, uh, we really could use you as volunteers or if you know somebody that might be interested in that. In addition to that, we always have um, two people in the counseling sessions. There's, also a li- there's always a licensed practitioner present, but there could be a lay counselor. So if you had some non-formal lay training in counseling and your heart is really into this kind of ministry, you also uh, could potentially be qualified to work with us there. Um, I could use somebody who really is good with practice management, um, that does business aspects, that, that likes to really develop um, protocols and plans and administrative stuff. And it might not be anybody here, but somebody that you know that would be interested in doing that. Um, also, occasionally I need legal advice. I definitely need some financial advising to help me to, to deal with some of this stuff and just keep in the budget. Even though we don't really have any money, um, we're eventually going to have money. <laughs> uh, and, um, and uh, also for development, just in starting to get the word out for who we are, what we do, so that we can actually serve more people. And last but not least is prayer support. Uh, I can't emphasize how much I, I and the Wellness Center benefit from your prayers. You know, there have, the, the whole thing of divine wisdom and divine compassion really relies on the fact that we're, we're getting it, <laughs> you know, that the heavens are open over us. And, and my prayer team that's led up by Jerry Gardner and, you know, my, my dedicated prayer team has really opened the heavens over us so that when we're ministering to people, it's, it's really, it amazes us when we speak into their lives and it just clicks for them and gives them freedom. So, you know, if you, if you just feel a desire to pray for us, I just would be so appreciative because that really helps a lot. So um, I guess to end up is that this is our postcard, which is out in the entryway. 
It has all our contact information as well as a summary of what we do. And so if anybody wants to reach us either because you want to volunteer, you have more questions about us, or you know somebody that wants to be a patient, or you think you need an appointment, the contact information is on here, which is really our email address, which is simple, wellness at riverlifefellowship.com, or you can reach us on the, the church voicemail by just calling in the church number, and then there's an extension for us, which is extension 4, and I'll get back with you. So... That's it for now. Thank you. Isn't that so good? Thank you so much, Lenore, for sharing. You know, we hear so much about the Wellness Center and what's going on. What an awesome testimony. The Lord's moving. So we're excited about what's going on here. We're going to share with you a little bit about what's going on in India. So, you know, it's really interesting marlon andy chris and i went on this trip to india we just got back last monday and um you know we all hold kind of positions of leadership here in this church in one form or another and so it's really interesting that the four of us were going before we left we had a sense that we would bring back more than we took with us and i can say personally in my life that's absolutely true I'm not going to speak on behalf of the other guys, but they'll be able to share a little bit also. But we really feel like we have an impartation, too, for the church as a whole. Um, in a broader sense, uh, from an umbrella perspective, you know, the, the Wellness Center is a, is a ministry here that's, that was birthed from Lenore's heart and out of the church. And the Father's House, we've talked about the Father's House and how it's alive and well today, even though we don't have a building as it functions through ministries like the Wellness Center, through ministries like Kids Corner that we heard about last week, well, Light of Hope Missions in India is really the Father's House India. You know, so we want to share a little bit about that today. So Marlon, you want to kick us off? What's going on? Y'all doing all right? All right. I mean, there's a lot to be saved, but I just want to... First of all, I just want to thank some people. First of all, is that, is that okay with you? That I thank some people. You know, first of all, I really do want to thank the Lord because He He did great, magnificent things. You know, you know, with a clay vessel, it was it was really humbling just to see, you know, just how how the Lord can use somebody and how the Lord, how the Lord can just use people. So He, you know, I mean, all the glory belongs to Him. All the fruit that you see. That will show you some of it and we'll talk about it really belongs to the Lord. You know, I, I don't take any of it. You know, and then I do want to thank my wife because she had to hold the four down with three kids, you know, for about 14 days. So and she did great. She was a really great support for me. And she prayed for me a lot and sent me some lovely emails that really fueled the tank. So I appreciate that. If you don't know my wife, you know, do you mind saying up, sweetie? <laughs> So, so she was great, you know. <laughs> Byron, you about to get fired. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, but anyways, um, just a brief, uh, you know, beginning. You know, last day we got invited by, you know, by the Koshis. You know, so it's a wonderful family. They opened the door because their dad is one that runs this orphanage, you know, and it's called the Light of Hope Ministry. And, uh, and the thing that's great about it was uh, <clears throat> last year when we went, 
it was me and Andy, and all we were doing actually is really plowing ground. We were breaking ground. You know, because there were some situations there that were pretty difficult. Because most of them were never exposed to the Holy River or any, anything to do with the Holy Spirit, anything to do with spiritual matters or heavenly realm. They were not exposed to that. You know, most of their mentality really came from being a servant. It's walk, 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 walk to get to that place. So when we came in there, we were just plowing ground, letting them know, listen, you're sons and daughters first. You know what I mean? And this is your position first before you can move to this next part. You know, so, and it was great last year. The Holy Spirit moved powerfully. There was a lot of kids that got saved. And uh, one thing I do want to mention is the guys, most of the boys there, you know, um, you know in this particular conference that, that Papi Daniel holds, um, they have any issues about dancing. Now, there was a little bit of plowing ground with them, but they were more extravagant in terms of when it came to worship. They, they will be out there worshiping and dancing and just being absolutely extravagant with the Lord. But when it came to the girls, they were more subdued. Most of them didn't even show any kind of emotion. No sort of movement, nothing. You know, I mean, it's just part of the culture how they have it. You know, and the Lord blessed really my heart just to go after that. Just to free them and just to, you know, to tell them that, listen, you know, the same freedom that Christ paid for the men is the same freedom that he also paid for the women. So, you, you know, I mean, you can get a hold of that. So, it took at least maybe ten meetings before we actually start seeing any movement. But we, but we finally did, and it was an explosion that happened. And this was last night. This year, after that building block, when we came back, some of the kids over there from the last conference were there for this conference this year. You know, and, uh, and it was just amazing. You know? And just the meetings themselves are very intense. I tell you that. The meetings themselves is you have four meetings a day. Okay? It starts at seven, the end at nine or ten. You know what I mean? And you do this the next day. And then each meeting is about three hours long. You know, so you, you have a window that the Lord has given you. You know what I mean? But the good thing about it was the worship team was just absolutely amazing. We had this amazing band that were just full of the Holy Spirit. And they really knew how to open, open up into the heavenly realms. You know? So, <clears throat> um, one thing that I wanted to mention was just, you know, on my way there when I actually got to India... Um, I was spending time with the Lord. You know, it was in the middle of the night. You know, it, it, when, you know, I mean, we were going through all this jet lag. We were just kind of tired, so I couldn't sleep. So on the drive over there, which is a two-hour drive from the airport to the to the base itself, yes, <laughs> and it was very intense, <laughs> very very intense with the driver. You know, there, you know, it's it just reminds me of my country in Kenya. They they really don't obey much of the laws. When you see the dividing lines on the street, it really doesn't mean anything. I know Tim knows about this. You know what I mean? It's just cosmetic. That's all it is. You know? <laughs> I mean, most of the time, all I kept on doing, I would look at squads. I'd just say, chariots of fire. Chariots of fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but it was, it was good. It was adventurous. You know, we ended up really ministering to the driver. You know, he was a risky guy. But he was really a guy that had no fear. But we ended up really missing to him really powerfully. And, and he actually, he, he got really touched by the Lord pretty heavily. But on the way to the base, you know, I remember just talking to the Lord. And I saw the biggest cross I've ever seen. You know, I mean, it looked like it could cover the whole entire India. And on this cross was the Lord himself just hanging. And when I looked at it in his eyes, there was something so warm about his eyes even in his suffering at that moment it's like it was just nothing but full of love you know what i mean it was nothing but just his eyes were so full of love and i just 
You know what I mean? And it just started messing with my heart. It started messing with my soul. It started messing with my mind. You know, and, and without even any words being spoken, I understood that the cross is absolutely sufficient. That his blood is absolutely enough to cleanse of every kind of sin. Like I had an understanding that when I received Jesus that day when I was 15 years old, from that day forth, he truly took everything on him. You know what I mean? And really set me on a wide open space. And, and I realized at that time, I was asking the Lord, why am I saying this? The Lord said, you know, do you know how much I love India? And at that moment, I just started whipping. I just realized that the heart, that the Father heart. So when I got to the meeting, I opened the conference for the first night. And all the Lord told me is, I want you to preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, from the Father's eyes, from the Father's heart. Which is a completely different twist. Than from, you know what I mean? So it was more like a love story. And most of the kids really got blasted. You know what I mean? And after I finished preaching, I said, listen, this is the greatest news you've ever had in your whole entire life. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to celebrate. So we're going to break it down. We're going to have a party. Because what the Lord did, he, you know what I mean? He, he set us free and set us in a wide open space that He may fill us with joy. That we may absolutely celebrate Him. You know what I mean? And celebrate our lives. Just the new freedom that we have. Now, as soon as we started, only one kid came up. And he got very... It got very, very intense. And the kid actually that came up was the same kid that I prophesied to last year. Because last year there was this young man. I named him David. Okay? I just named David because that, that's the prophetic thing that I got from him. I just, you know, um, you know, Lord gave me a prophetic word for him last year. And it was very specific. And when I gave him that prophetic word, he was still a Hindu. He was not a Christian yet. So here we are talking this language. You know what I mean? All of the Lord and all this stuff. And he really didn't know exactly what I was talking about. But somewhere between that and towards the end of the meeting, this is last year, he, he found out, he found the Lord. And then when he came back this year, he, he made sure that he found me. So when I say, listen, we're going to celebrate the Lord, he was the very first person to jump out of the line in the midst of 200 kids. He stepped forward. He said, I'm going to celebrate the Lord. So he stood there with me for about 20 minutes. For 20 minutes, it was just me and him breaking down. <laughs> it was great. But slowly but slowly, they just started coming up, started coming up, started coming up. By the time you know, it was a huge old party. The kids were on the stage. They were breaking down, loving on the Lord. It was awesome. You know, so that was the first. And then after that, you know, you know the guys started speaking about their father's love. They're going to share all that, you know. And then... Um, and then for me personally, I realized that, uh, you know, I stepped into a, a great wide open space, you know, like a new place that I'd never been before. And uh, in terms of even when I was preaching, you know, there was something about what the Lord did that I did not even expect. But it was just great. It was tremendous. The Holy Spirit felt so strong. I mean, at one point, I remember um, this is before I was preaching the last night. You know, the father said specifically, said, I'm coming to your meeting. And he shook me. You know what I mean? It's almost like I thought, did I hear right? You know? You know, for me, just because I never grew up with a dad. So for most of the time, like when it comes to sports and all this other stuff, I never, nobody ever came to my games. So if I did soccer, it was just me. If I got any awards, it was just that. So this time, and this last night I was preaching, the father showed up. You know what I mean? And it was so strong, the presence, his presence is much different from Jesus. I, I, can't, I don't know how to explain it. But his presence was so strong that even my translator felt his presence so strong, he hit the deck. You know what I mean? So I'm standing there with the mic going, okay, 
All right. <laughs> you know, to speak tongues, you know, some might come out. Some, some. But, but the, you know, but his presence came all over me and I hit the deck. And all I could do was just, we, we wept together for about 20 minutes, just on the floor, just weeping. You know, and, uh, and, the, and the kids were just getting blasted by the Lord. You know, and at one point, the Lord just said, you know, why don't you um, give them opportunity to hear my voice? Since you preached about me, now open that door. So I opened that door. A lot of kids started writing down stuff. One of the kids came and showed me what the father was speaking to him. And it was just great. And it was one testimony after another testimony about that. You know, so it was great. I just want to thank you for everybody that, that sent us. You know what I mean? There was a whole bunch of fruit that was ripped. More fruit that I can tell. I'm not even doing it injustice trying to tell you exactly everything that took place. You know, and uh, you know what I mean? I really want to thank the coaches too because they really did open that door. You know what I mean? It was Joyce that had the dream. Come on, stand up. So. You know, so it was Joyce that had the dream. Her testimony about coming to the church is quite wild, actually. But that's what opened the door. And we, you know, we, you know, just being at that place, we really saw the Father's house, you know, in a, in a major way. You know, and all the kids over there send their love. You know what I mean? They, they're so loving. It's crazy how loving they are. You know what I mean? And the Lord really did set a lot of those women free. Because by the end of the conference, they were breaking down. I don't know how many of you have seen the... Uh, Michael Jackson movie thriller. I mean, not movie, the, the video, the music video, you know, where they do all that stuff. So they were doing all that crazy stuff. At one point, they were gone. So we get in the <laughs> True, but it's not up here. So, we, <laughs> so, so it was great. So thank you. And I'm sure you get to hear more testimony as time goes. And for me, some of the things that happened to me personally, I'm still digesting those things. I'm letting them marinate. So, thank you. We bless you. Yeah, this trip was so amazing. Um, you know, it's so su- sweet to go and experience all these things, but it's been so great to be back here, and, you know, this Sunday in church and be with all you guys. And last night was amazing. But, um, you know, as we decided to go, we were kind of waiting for that preceding word to send us out that would be kind of our plumb line as we did all the ministry um, to all the kids and we were waiting and waiting throughout the weeks leading up to the trip and we didn't hear anything until we were pretty much on the way there and we heard this that they'll, you know, that they'll know the Lord by the love that we have for each other and for them it's just, just preach, preach the love of the Lord and that's you know what Marlon was talking about opening up with the gospel message you know from that point we just expounded on his love that, that uh, the Lord had for them. And, you know, we were, we were able to go into this conference and look 300 kids in the eyes and tell them, you know, how much they were loved by the Lord. And for me, that was like one of the greatest honors of my life, you know, to look at, and just echo what the Father's been saying over them that, that you're my beloved son. I'm so pleased in you. You're my daughter. I'm just in love with you. And to be able to look into their eyes and see that message over the period of these meetings, you know, just transform just their countenance, how they handled themselves, what they were, 
you know, the way they, they talked to the Lord and, and worship, the way they even dealt with each other, you could just see the love of the Lord just transform their lives. And, you know, that was one of the greatest things is just to see straight from that gospel message the way the love of the Lord started to transform them. And um, we, we saw it manifest itself in, with the way that they even dealt with us. I was, we had this amazing time playing cricket with the kids um, over at the children's home. And they, were all, they all came out and they were just watching the time because they knew at 5 o'clock we were going to have this cricket game, and they were just looking forward to it. And a few times even before that, they were knocking on our doors, just, is it time, you know, are you, are you guys coming out? And we were just like, five o'clock, five o'clock. So when we finally went out there, um, I realized that cricket is not a, a game for someone with a short attention span. Because there's a lot of standing around, there's a lot of just hanging out, waiting for other people to play. And, but that gave us an incredible time just to connect with the kids. And at one time, um, Marlon and I were sitting down, kind of waiting around, which happens a lot in cricket. And, you know, these, these kids were literally jumping on our backs, draping themselves over us, taking their heads and, like, rubbing their faces on ours, and just, you know, smelling our hair. Like, just things that, you know, causes that buzzer, like, oh, man, this is a little bit too close, you know? Um, <laughs> So, you know, a personal space guy, you know, like, I'm like, oh, Lord. And then, but as soon as, like, that, that buzzer went off, I realized that they were just hungry for that essence of who the Father is, you know, that they didn't know how to get this message any more than they were. So they were just, just, you know, craving it to a point of just being all over us. And at that point, I realized, like, this is something so real that transforms just who these kids are, you know, and I realized then, like, the Father's love is manifest, like, it, it came in reality, and it came in physical form, you know, and we were just, it was such an honor to be just the hands of the Lord in that way. Um, we also saw it not only with the kids, but after the conference, it was like it ended on a Thursday afternoon after maybe like a four-hour testimony meeting, and um, we were scheduled to go pray for Joyce's cousin and she has had you know problems with her kidneys and on dialysis about three times a week and just really struggling I think their family had just you know come to that point of um, just going through a real dark time and we were able to go schedule to pray for them and they lived maybe about an hour and a half away and on the way out there we were so burnt out like we had nothing to give you know, we were just riding that verse, like, His power is made perfect in weakness. His power is made perfect in weakness. I think I literally saw steam coming out, Ryan's ears, you know, like, just totally fried. And we got there, and he was crying the whole time, yeah. <laughs> the sensitive man. And, uh, <laughs> and um, what was so cool is that as soon as we entered the house, like, I just felt the love and presence of the Lord, like the Father's love for this family. And um, we just sat down, and the other guys were pretty quiet, and we didn't know really how to approach this, just because we were, we were just waiting on the Lord, because we didn't have anything else. And um, we, we started just kind of getting into this dialogue with her about the situation, and 
And then we decided to pray for her at that moment, and it was amazing. It was like, it was like this explosion of the Father's love and intercession and just standing with who felt like a real sister that lived, you know, that we met for the first time that lived across the world. You know, like we had this connection in the Spirit. And the Lord just like created this family atmosphere where it was almost like we became part of the family and we were going after it with her and just standing and like tired of this, you know, for them. You know, we really felt the weight of it. And, and so everybody just was activated. And right in the middle of, of being there, I remembered this word that Jackie gave me before I left. And it was, it was a real simple word. It was that I was going to help lead somebody by the hands through a similar situation with health issues as I had had. And as I was sitting there holding her hands, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, so stupid, <laughs> you know. But it was cool because then that took our faith, you know, even higher. Like, we're supposed to be here, even though that we're exhausted and tired. Like, this is the exact place that we were supposed to be. And so seeing, you know, the Father schedule this amazing moment with just four guys who were completely empty. We didn't have anything to give, but He used us, you know. And it was, what's that? Oh, yeah, and Sajan also had a dream. Did you remember, I guess, right when we were there? Yeah, he had a dream that Andy and Marlon were in uh, Susan's house praying for. Like, I guess it was a little while ago, a few months ago. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, we just realized this is heaven on earth right here, you know? So it was really an amazing time just experiencing the Father's love, experiencing, you know, literally a manifest presence of being able to shower people the things that we've absorbed by being in this atmosphere. You know, I'm just so thankful for you guys and so thankful for all of your support just sending us out there. It's just was so beautiful. So thanks again. So this youth conference happens once a year and it's been happening for 40 years. And uh, Sajan was telling us that he bumps into people um, here in the States, just randomly bumps into people that says, I was at your father's conference back in blah, 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 and I got saved. You know, so it's just a tremendous ministry that they're doing. But the reality is this ministry lasts one week a year. A lot of hope missions, you know, is, is really an orphanage is r- what they do most of the time. Right now they have about 90 orphans that are living with them. And so before the week started and at the end of the week as we were you know, kind of acclimating and then decompressing, uh, we got to spend a lot of time with the orphans. And I want to share a couple, you know, just quick stories. You'll see pictures of many of the faces, um, close-up faces are of some of the orphans there. Um, one girl in particular, her name was Nadi. And Nadi has been, um, just recently came to the orphanage. She's 14 years old. Her father is, uh, is dead and she had been living with her mother, and her mother's cleaning a, a retail center and really doesn't make enough money to support her, uh, let alone educate her in the way that she would want to. And so Nadia has come into the orphanage, and every day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, she served us. And she had this boldness on her that was just amazing. Many of the girls there were, were very shy. She had this tremendous boldness, and her name means treasure. And we just really 
came to treasure her ourselves. Had the opportunity to give her a word um, at, during one of Marlon's sermons, which Marlon turned into a different man out there. Y'all haven't heard him preach. You haven't heard him preach. Yeah, he's a kitten here. Uh, he really stepped into something. But at any rate, during one of his sermons, the Lord gave me a word that Nadi was like Ruth. And so I shared that word with her. She went home and somehow between serving us literally at like 10 o'clock at night, cleaning up our dishes to when we woke up for service at seven o'clock in the morning, she had found time to read through the book of Ruth. And she's like, why am I like Ruth? Tell me, you know, it's just a, such an honor. Um, one of the girls named Shoba, if y'all see those girls, look, holler. one of the girls named Shoba um, has been at the orphanage now for 12 years. She's 17 years old. And uh, her story is really tragic. Um, I won't share the details of it right now, but they just found out three months ago she shared the tragic story of, of how her mother passed away and experiencing that herself. And that's her in the, on the left there. But Shoba just was really dear to our hearts. Andy and Marlon had spent time with her last year. We had had the opportunity to meet her and just see the Lord's favor for her. Um, one of the things that the orphanage does specifically, and I wrote about this in one of my updates, but it helps students with education. In India, education is a key to future. So much rides on getting an education so that you can have a better, a better job to support yourself, have opportunity to, to leave the country potentially or go work abroad and come home whatever that looks like. So as best, as practical as possible, Light of Hope is sowing hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11, Hope and a future into these kids' lives through education. So we just saw that embodied down there. Shoba isn't passionate about going on a further education. She's in the middle. Nadi's on the left. On my left, you're right. And uh, we just cried out, we don't even care about education. She has a hope and a future too. You know, we just broke over her really and had the opportunity. The kids took up an offering for us the, the, at the youth conference, which was super sweet. We had the opportunity to sow some of, the back, some of that back into Shoba. Uh, we we gave, left some money with, with Jane, Joyce's sister, so she could buy her some dresses because she doesn't have a family at all. Both her mom and dad are dead. So she doesn't have anybody in her life that's able to send money to help at all. So we were able to be a part of that, which was tremendous. Yeah, thank you, Lord. We went to a school um, while we were there, too. It's an English-speaking school that's full of all different types of religious backgrounds. Some folks there are Christian. Some folks there are Hindi. Um, and we got to just share God's love to those folks, too. Um, one of the things that, I, you know, as you see on this picture, part of the, uh, the project there, the mission there, as it's going is putting in things like water filtration systems. You know, you'll see. So one of the buildings, the boys' home, is, has a water filtration system that they recently installed. So they have fresh water. The, the other two homes need it. You know, they're building out. They're building property so that they can, building on top. All the homes are cement, so they just go up and up and up. They can probably go up 100 stories if they want to, I suppose. But, you know, they're just building up. Not really 100. They're building up and expanding and looking for opportunities to take care of more children. And bring in more folks to help. So just being a part of that father's house there in India for us was huge. Especially as it applied to the orphans, you know, for us. Um, so I will also echo the guys and say thank you before I turn it over to Andy. Thanks for your support and prayers. We needed them. We felt them. And thanks 
Koshis for the open door. Sajan, I met this guy named Sajan when I was in India. <laughs> He's an animal. He's amazing. But he's also a good friend now. You know, it's funny. I had to travel halfway across the world to actually meet him. You know, <laughs> Heather says only five minutes, Andy. So I'm like, I got an hour at least. <laughs> but we really enjoy, we uh, we had a theme. I think it was Ryan who was reading the Band of Brothers series before he came, and we just found out that that there's something about um, being in a foxhole with your brothers going to battle that will really give you a great love and um, we our hearts were joined together while we were there and it was such an honor for us because we got to really spend time with Sajan and it was um, it was the reason why Sajan was there the circumstances of it was kind of um, a good metaphor for the whole trip in that um, our good friend Solomon picked us up at the airport at about 4 o'clock in the morning, drove us back to Chapad, which is where they live, and when he got there 15 minutes later, he had got a phone call that his father passed away. So he is really the main driving force beside Poppy Daniel of making sure that conference is going and that compound is, you know, keep, keep moving. And, and so it was like all of a sudden there was a great weakness that was put on the situation. And, um, and a whole bunch of beautiful things came out of it. We were, um, we were invited to, to be a part of, well, to, to, to go to the funeral of, of Solomon's dad. And we, just so much honor was heaped on us. We were just so, our hearts were just melting. And we were just um, with them in that time. And it was such a great day. It was a very sad day, but it was a great day. We just felt the love of the Lord in that place. And um, uh, one of the things that we really experienced there is that, you know, India, it's, it's difficult to be in India. Um, you know, if, if you're doing ministry, if you're, if you're going at it, that's one thing. But just even living there is hard. I mean, especially for a bunch, four white guys from America, right, Marlon? You know? <laughs> But you know, we we love curry. But about about the seventh day of curry, I my my brain started spinning. You know, and and uh, but anyways, each one of us, we really each one of us had a a day where we we hit a wall, and, and yeah, and you know, I was I I forget exactly how I I melted down, but I just remember the guys all coming around me and just. Just speaking, speaking life, speaking, speaking to my identity in Christ, and, and, and it happened for each one of us. And but, but the thing, the thing that arose was, see, when you're when you're going to do stuff with the Lord, the enemy knows that something good is going to happen, so he just starts messing with you, right? Now let me say this: I, I have a little bit, I I've got a, a moment of pride that, I mean. I preached this message that was so good that a rabid dog attacked the meeting. It came into the meeting, yeah, and uh, st- started growling at people in the meeting. And so, you know, we, we figured we must be doing something right. Yeah, Poppy Daniel confirmed it. So, 
Um, so we were pressing in, we were just releasing love, and we were just doing all this crazy stuff, and, but, but the enemy was pushing back. And, and we found that when he would push back, we would grow very tired and very weak. And that is like the moment. That's, that's, the, that's the moment where the victory happens. Like it's, it's at that place where you have no more gas, you have no more physical strength, you have no more good ideas, you have nothing left, and that's when heaven shows up. It happened when we went to Susan's house. Man, we saw the miracle power of God in the weather. Okay, the rains begin in June in India. But the week prior to us being there, there were thunderstorms every day that was just rele- releasing just, just floods, okay? So Poppy Daniel is a man of great faith, and he said, oh, we'll just pray, and the weather will change, okay? So the whole week of the conference, it did not rain one drop. The afternoon after the conference was over, we were gone to pray at Susan's house. When we got back, there were six inches of water sitting in the place where the conference took place. It would not have been good, but the Lord knew. And so, the, yeah, it was, that's a great victory. So, you know, we just really appreciate you guys supporting us. I can't even begin to tell you how how your thoughts, your prayers, your emails were so coveted. And, uh, you know, we're not really doing justice because to, to, to the stories of what happened because our brains are all still scrambled and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we believe what we brought back is a download of the Father's house. You know, um, we, we feel like we're being called to sow into this ministry even more. And we're going to be doing more for this ministry. We're going to be sending more people, more teams, more money, whatever. Because we believe that God is able. He's got a lot of finances, a lot of resources. And He's just wanting to distribute His wealth, right? I mean, I know I'm, I'm, I'm in line for it. I'm getting it. I mean, we're all getting it, right? So... All right, well, we want to wrap up. It was a blessing and an honor. A couple of things that the Lord went out for us. Identity for us means identity for you. Identity, like sealing us in identity, is for you. And the Father's love, just being in that place of who He's called you to be and letting that be good enough and carrying you through. So Marlon, you just want to pray for us and then we'll out. That was great. <laughs> um, I'm not going to make this long, but I just want to pray for an impartation. You know, I just want to give a really quick, small story. You know, you know, there's something very unique that each one of you brought. You know what I mean? When the Father pointed you to this place, when the Father pointed you for this time, He did not make a mistake, number one. And He was very intentional about placing you in this church. Because you being here, you bring something somebody else cannot bring. You bring a presence and an impartation that nobody else can bring in this place. And for me, one of the things that I, when I came back, I was so tired. I was telling the Lord, I don't even know why I need to go back River Life, Lord. You know, I was just struggling in my mind. 
Because I felt like, well, you know, they're not going to miss me any. You know what I mean? Because it's not like, you know, it's not like this church revolves around me. That's what I was telling the Lord. I was like, it doesn't revolve around me. You know, this is about you. It's about what you want to do, you know. And the Lord, just the Father just corrected me at that very, very moment. He said, listen, your thinking is completely messed up right now. Because you're not thinking right. You know, he said, what you bring, nobody else can. It's just unique, just for you. And when you're not here, that is felt. And, he said, and then he started showing me other people. As I, was, as I was looking down this line. And, and he started saying, it doesn't matter if you sit at the back. It doesn't matter if you walk in the nursery. It doesn't matter if, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, or even in the kitchen, whatever it is that you're doing. It doesn't mean that if you have the mic, then you're not bringing a particular uniqueness into the situation, into the presence. You know what I mean? You are actually bringing something very unique into the congregation that nobody else can. Because nobody else can replace you. So when the Father looked at you and looked at your DNA, He brought in there exactly what you're going to bring into this situation, into this place, or wherever where you go. So that is the Father's grace. And I just want to pray for that impartation into your life, that you may know who you really are. You know what I mean? And one thing that I discovered, the more I knew Him when I was in India, the more I went after the Lord, the more mysteries were unlocked in me. Like things that the Lord put in my DNA, all of a sudden I started getting unlocked. And I started figuring out who I was. But that's first by knowing Him and going after Him. And then understanding your position in Him. And then knowing that there is not, nobody else that can bring what you have. So I just want to encourage you that when you come to River Life, or anywhere where you are, you absolutely bring a presence that I cannot bring. Or nobody else in the leadership can bring. Or anybody else next to you. you know, so I just want to release that identity into you. So that the Father can speak into your heart and allow Him just to tell you how unique you are and how much He loves and how much you bring. You know, for me, the Father coming to that meeting and saying, I'm coming to watch to see my word absolutely fulfilled, that which I wrote in your DNA. I'm coming to see it being fulfilled. It was just something so precious to me because I said, My Father in heaven is going to come here and watch me preach. And I can't, it was the first time I understood that whenever I preach, my father absolutely loves it. There is a, he takes pleasure in that. You know, I, I, somebody was telling me a story about an individual. You know, I mean, you know, he used to go do a lot of ministry, but the only time that he felt a lot of pleasure from the Lord was when he was running. Like that's simple. When he ran, he felt the father's pleasure. So what is it that the father takes pleasure in you? You know, it's what the father wants to let you know about. Things that he takes specific pleasure about. You know what I mean? Like my friend here that I just met him this morning. You know, the Lord showed me that he's such a teddy bear inside his heart. He's so full of love. You know what I mean? And that just, you know what I mean? I don't, even, I don't even know him. But that's who the Father sees him as. You know what I mean? I could go through the room. You know, I could mention Tim Oric, man. He, he's a man who's so full of faith and so full of love. Surely he's such a father. You know what I mean? I can go in here and just mention every single person. And each one of you brings something very unique. You know? So just open your heart right now. Just allow the Holy Spirit just to come into your heart and open that door. And let the Father's presence come in and hear our Heavenly Father just speak to you specifically. We'll just take a few minutes if that's okay with you. So Father, I just ask you. I thank you for every single person in here. Father, I just ask you, will you release a freshness of your voice, Lord God, that people absolutely clearly understand the things that in their heart that you put in there and you wrote in the DNA, Lord God. Father, every unique thing you put in them, Lord God, speak into them right now and bring 
clarity, Lord God. Just bring, just bring that clarity, Lord God. Just clear. Father, bind every lie from the enemy, Lord God. As he came to Jesus, try and steal his identity, Father. Absolutely bind those lies in the mighty name of Jesus. I just bind those lies and I just release the spirit of truth into this room right now. Let truth prevail, Lord God. For your truth sets people free, Father. So let your truth permeate this place, Lord God, and establish everybody's identity, Father. I just said, thank you. Thank you, Father. Oh, salabakabala suruburu sitayalama. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just release that. Mm. Just release that, Father. Just release that, Father. Mm. Why don't we just all stand up? You know, and as I, I just want you to release hugs to one another. Give them what you've got, the love of God. Just let that love flow. I mean, it, it really does transfer. It's really powerful. We're just going to end with these hugs. Because God really loves to love through us. So just release it. Yeah, don't be shy.